guys, some great worship there, but if you'd like to take your seats and we'll just um, invite Matty up, he's going to speak for us today. So before we start, Matty, I'm going to ask you some questions. Just This is something that we sometimes do at youth group um, when we've got someone coming to speak to us. So it's really simple, 50-50 choice. Okay. I'm going to give you two possibilities and you just tell me which your favourite is, okay? Okay. So first one, football or rugby? Football. Okay. McDonald's or Burger King? Oh, uh, McDonald's. Mm. Too hot or too cold? Uh, too, too cold. Mm. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Dance or sing? Oh, dance, definitely. <laughs> yes. Uh, winning or losing? Uh, yeah, it has to be winning. Uh, cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. <laughs> Savory or sweet? Sweet. Vegetables or meat? Uh, meat. Has to be done in <laughs> North or south? North. England or America? England. Sit on a beach or see the sights? Oh, uh, beach. Mm. Go for a walk or go for a bike ride? Bike ride. Pizza or Parmo? Parmo. Oh. <laughs> All right, last one. This is probably the most important one. So if you think about this. Okay. Mike Taylor or Mike Burns? Oh, man. I know. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll go with Mike. I'll go with Mike. Sitting on the fence, sitting on the fence. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to throw a few before you start. Flada, so thank you for Martina. Thank you for the person that you've made him to be. Um, thank you for his heart and that he's just so willing to serve you. Pray for him today as he brings your word to us. Amen. Amen. Well, that was tough. <laughs> what a horrible question at the end there. <laughs> I love both those guys so much. Um, okay, so I wonder if it's, if it's just me, or does anyone here have the, the awful habit of forgetting things? Yeah? Yeah? Like you go into a room and you think, what on earth am I here for? <laughs> and then you have to go back again and you think, okay, so I was, I, was, I was making a cup of tea. I did that. Where are you going, Harvey? Enjoy. Wherever you go, go and get a cup of coffee. Um, and then you get into the room again, and you think, well, what on earth am I doing here? Or, or maybe you go to the shop, and you get everything plus more minus one. <laughs> it was a crucial ingredient that you need when you get home. I, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble at the moment, actually, because I forgot something quite important. Um, so just, just a bit of an update, actually. Uh, my, my fiance Jess, is here. She's, uh, she's, well, hey. <laughs> she's here for another five weeks. Um, so currently she's at Morelands Bible College, and she's come to work up here for uh, five weeks for a block placement. Other friends of hers went to Australia in the Caribbean, and Jess got Thornaby. So um, obviously, uh, after the five weeks, Jess is going to go back down, finish a course. We get married in July, and then Jess is planning on sticking around. So uh, over the next five weeks, like, it is a good job, isn't it? This wedding's costing a fortune. <laughs> um, so, so get to know her. You know, she's going to be involved in all sorts of different areas of church life. So invite around for meals, grill her, ask lots of questions, all that kind of stuff. Also, we want to say a big thank you, because um, I know many of you guys were, were praying for the, the house that me and Jess were going for, and 
on Friday, we've got the keys, so we're now just over the road. Hey, <laughs> no, number 12, St. Luke's. Um, so I've been popping at any, t- any point between nine and in the morning, nine at night, not on a Friday, that's my day off. But any other point, drop us a message, come around for a cup of coffee. Maybe not this week, because it's still freezing in there. <laughs> well, so where were we going? Yes, um, forgetting something very important. I'm in, I'm in the bad books. And you can thank Josh Wilson for dropping me in this one. So obviously, with a wedding, you send out these save-the-date things, which I didn't really get the purpose of anyway. Um, and we bought these back in November. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you this story, because Jess has been trying to tell this story to everybody that she meets anyway. So I thought I'd just get it off the chest, and then everyone knows, and you can all laugh at me and feel sorry for Jess that she has to put up with me and all that kind of stuff. So we bought these save-the-date cards in November. Obviously... Uh, me and Jess went around breakfast with, with, with Josh, and, uh, and then Josh says something along the lines of, so Matty, when are we getting these save-the-date cards? I totally forgot. I, like, I haven't handed out one, which put me in the bad book straight away. But I was like, everyone who's going knows that they're going, honest. So I have quite a forgetful mind at the moment for some reason. I don't know whether there's just lots on. And... It, as we're thinking about our like rhythm series at the moment, so we're looking at like, the rhythms of life, rhythm, rhythms of church, the rhythm that we're going to be looking at today is, is the rhythm of remembrance and reminding ourselves of the, the most important thing on a daily, moment-by-moment basis. And, and the, the verse which has kind of been like our, our theme verse um, for, for this passage is in, in Acts 17, verse 28, and it says that for in him we live and move and have our being. So that's kind of like the, the passage that I'm going to be looking at this morning. Um, but I thought for us to fully grasp what that, what that means, we've got to look at the verses previous. Because Paul paints a picture of this big, great God, this God who's created the whole universe, this God who's Lord over all the nations. And then he says, like, for in him we move, live and move and have our being. So it goes from the, from the massive to the to the intimate, to the close and the near. And that's what I want us to think about this morning, you know, that moment by moment, day by day, whatever we're doing, we're doing it in him. We're living and moving and having our being in him, whatever that may be. And I guess I, I, there's lots of different aspects of rhythm that I could talk about on, on that verse. But I thought, for me, when I read that verse, in him we live and move and have our being, so that moment by moment, walking in step with the Holy Spirit, walking in closeness of relationship with Jesus. You right, Avi? Um, the, the thing that's... Uh, hold on, mate. What, where, where am I on my verse now? Because I've just lost it. Let's go for... Ah, yeah. So the, the thing that, that, I, that, was, uh, that got me thinking, frustrated in my thinking when, when I was, came across this verse was, do I really live like that? You know, like moment by moment, aware of the presence of God... And I have to say, I don't think I do. <laughs> you know, as we're moving house on Friday, Abby, mate, do you want to go and have a sit down with Jess and Jenna? All right, good lad. Just because I don't want these guys to get distracted. Is that okay? Abby, good lad. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Okay, so the thing that, that I needed help, the rhythm that I needed to build into my life was a rhythm of of remembrance. So uh, I'm going to read the whole passage of, uh, from Acts 17, verses 16 down to 34. Um, if, 
if you don't have a Bible um, and you would like one, please come and see me at the end and I'll make sure that you get one. Harvey, we'll sort you out with one. Um, also, that there's some really good apps that you can get on your phone, so come and speak to myself or Elijah um, and we'll point you in the direction of that app. If, if you've got a Bible and you've got a clue where to start, like I did when I first picked up this book, like, come and chat to me and I'll, I'll make time this week to, to read this Bible with you because for us, this is like, this is the foundation of our church. We want to build our lives and the church on this book. So if you haven't got a Bible and you want one, come and see me. If you want to read it with someone, come and give it a shout. So it's Acts 17. Um, Acts written by uh, a guy called Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. It's your, your fifth book in the New Testament. So Acts 17 verses, well, actually, we'll go from 24. So Paul is he, before this, this group of Greek thinkers. So these guys used to meet in this Areopagus, or whatever on earth you say it, um, and they discussed different ideas about faith and politics and, and the world. And, and Paul is before this group, and he's noticed around, the, around this city, Athens, he's noticed lots of uh, shrines and statues to other gods, and he's even noticed that there's a, 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 an altar to the unknown God. And Paul says, well, there's my opportunity. I'm going to tell you about this unknown God. I'm going to tell you about the God of the Bible. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And then this is how Paul starts his, starts his uh, like explanation of who this unknown God is. So verse 24, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, gives, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul, before this group of, of Greek thinkers, he starts to explain who this unknown God is. And he says that, that God is the God who creates. He says that God is the God who's in control. And he also says that God is the God who, who calls us, who calls us into a relationship with him. So first of all, in like, the, the God who creates, the Lord who made the, the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. So Paul's hearers in, in Athens would be like pretty interested and in, in engaged at this point. They, they had the, the worldview, the, the belief that there was some God or some force that, that made all the universe and was holding all the things together. John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he picks up on this because he's speaking to predominantly non-Jewish hearers. And John starts off his letter, his explanation of Jesus with, in the beginning was the, the Logos, what we've tra translated as word. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now that Logos, that was a Greek thought of some sort of force or being that made everything and was holding all things together. And John's saying that that force isn't a force, that force, that that thing that's created everything and holding all things together, that is Jesus. 
Now, let's not write off these guys as some uneducated cavemen. You know, they were, they were engaged in high levels of thinking. They, they had a, a real emphasis on critical thought, so they wouldn't just believe anything you passed at them. They would try and pick it to pieces. And, and they came to the conclusion which, that, that the evidence before them, looking up at the stars and everything that they see around them, they came at the conclusion that there must have been a God or something, something supernatural that, which made everything that we see before us, that made the, the whole universe. And yes, okay, they didn't know about atoms and they didn't know how the human body was put together like we do. They didn't know about the, the planets or how the solar system is, it works. But, you know, like for me, all of those things, as we, as we discover more things and as we dive deeper into space and as we learn more about the intricacies of the, of the human body, that for me confirms... The, the necessity of a, of a creator. It puts more evidence towards that conclusion that there must have been a creator, an intelligent designer who put all this stuff together. It confirms it rather than pulls it into question for me. So Paul is, is proclaiming, he's explaining that there's a God who creates, who makes everything. Now, the, the biblical view of, of this God creating the universe is that God created everything from nothing. He is the only anything in existence which did not need to be created. He was there before everything else. He, it wasn't him and a bit of raw material. It was him. It was God. And out of nothing, he created everything. Colossians 1 talks about how he created everything visible and invisible. So God created everything out of nothing. If you read in books or listen to stuff online, you might hear this phrase, creatio ex nihilo, which means that's just a Latin for creation out of nothing. God created everything out of nothing. He is the only anything that did not need to be created. So he created everything out of nothing. The whole Trinity were involved in creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we see the Father speaking creation into being in Genesis 1. We also see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. And then especially in the likes of John chapter 1, Colossians 1, it talks about how everything that was made was made through, in and through Jesus. So God made everything out of nothing. The whole Trinity were involved in creation. And creation is distinct from God, yet totally dependent on him. So there was this pantheistic worldview that would say that God is in the table, that he might even, this table is even a part of God. That's not the biblical worldview. The biblical worldview is that God created the table. So there's a distinction there. But it's not that God set, created everything and then pressed play and watched things unfold. God has been actively and intimately involved in every aspect of creation since that first day. So God created everything out of nothing, Trinity involved in creation. Creation is distinct from God, yet dependent totally on him. Like he is still holding all things together. If God somehow disappeared, creation would disappear. He's involved in everything, and God made it all good. So we have this picture then. Paul is reminding us of this big God who created everything. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth 
and does not live in temples built by human hands. We've, we've chatted a lot about a guy called Solomon in this series. Well, Solomon built the first temple in Jerusalem. And as he's dedicating, as he's dedicating the temple, this is what Solomon prays. He says, and now, God of Israel, let your word that you have promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Like, we've seen that, that Solomon's a guy who thinks a lot. He, he observes humanity, he observes the world, he observes creation, and he came to conclusion that everything is meaningless, meaningless without God. So he's this guy who's been doing lots of thinking and observing the world before him. And he's just built this temple for God. And you can imagine him looking up at the stars, at the vastness of creation. And he's thinking, man, the, the God who made all of that, can he really fit into this temple here? I mean, it was a magnificent structure, one of the wonders of the ancient world. But Solomon recognizes the heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain him. Our God is a big God. That's the first thing to be reminded of. And also, our God is a God who, who's in control. So verse uh, 26, he says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So Paul here, he, he was first of all saying that from one man, he made all the nations. So the God that Paul sought about is not restricted to the Jews. This is for, for all the nations. And then he's saying, what, what you're seeing on the world stage, so at that point, it was like the Romans in control, the different empires rising up. What you're seeing on the world stage God is appointing the times for those empires. He's appointing the how, how far they will go, where their boundaries will go to. God is in control. And isn't that a comfort for, for us? It's not the US. It's not Russia. It's not ISIS that has the final say in what happens on a world stage in our world. It's God. God is the one who creates. He's the one who's in control. And, and Paul paints this picture then. This is like what we call like the transcendence of God, the, the bigness, the greatness of God. We're seeing a God who, is, who made creation, who's over creation, who's Lord over everything that's happening on this earth. And then we just stop and we say, wow, what a God, what, what a great God. And as we're thinking about this rhythm of remembrance, this reminding ourselves of who God is. This is a very good place to start, especially when you're going through tough times. Like, I don't know for you, but often for me, when I face a difficulty, I try to come to God through my troubles first. So I'm like, God, this is going on and that's going on. And I'm trying to look up through my troubles. It's like, God, where are you? I can hardly see you in this. What's, what's going on? Where, where are you, God? Whereas if we work into our life this rhythm of remembrance and we start at this place remembering that God is a big God who made it all who's in control of it all then that's a different perspective because then if we got this big God at the forefront of our minds and from that perspective we look down onto our troubles onto that situation then that's a different way of looking at looking at it do we get that do we see that I remember once um when I was really struggling with a few different things and and uh, I just took a walk outside, and down, down south I was living like near the New Forest, so the stars were beautiful, and you see loads of them. And I just looked up, and I was like, ah, oh, the God who made them 
and who's holding them in the sky, he's big enough to hold me and look after me. And that changes perspective is massive. However, it's not the full picture. We have the, the transcendence of God, the greatness, the bigness of God, but then we also have the, what we call the imminence of God, the nearness, the closeness. So God's the one who creates, the one who's in control, and he's also the one who calls. Now, the next few words that Paul uses are absolutely mind-blowing. So he's painted this picture of this God who's created, who's in control, and then he gives the reason why he created and why he's appointed these nations and all this kind of stuff. Verse 27 says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Did you get that? So God made the whole universe. God has allowed nations to go this far and allowed this person to rise up here and all the stuff on the world stage so that they, us, would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. God calls us into a relationship with him. And the only, the only uncertain phrase in that sentence is perhaps reach out for him. The, the responsibility on us is to reach out. But the, the certain part of that sentence is seek and you will find. If you seek God, you will find him. Though he is not far from any of us. Does anyone, well, maybe you don't have to put your hand up. But I've got a feeling that maybe there's, there's some people in here today who, who are feeling far from God. Like maybe you haven't even gave your life to Jesus yet and you, this is all new to you and you're like, man, I've done this in my life, done that in my life, I haven't got a clue. God won't want me. God wants now to do with me. Or maybe you have been following Jesus for, for years but you haven't read your Bible in seven months and you're like, man, I guess that's me done. I guess God's finished with me. That's not the case at all. The, the certainty is that God is not far from any of you. God's love for you is immense. His mercy for you is just beyond limit. And you reach out, you seek, and the promise from the God Almighty is that you will find him. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you anymore. He loves you with all of his heart, with all his soul, his mind, his strength. Like, he loves you so much, he, he came and died for you. He's not going to send his son to die for you and then just leave you hanging off in, in the abyss somewhere. Seek him and you'll find him. So, God is the God who creates, he's the God who's in control, and he's the God who calls us. Isn't that wonderful? That we get to be in relationship with the God who made the whole universe. He says that for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Because of Jesus, we've become children of God. Because of Jesus, we can be in him, back into the family of God again. A God who made the universe, yes. A God who's in control of the world order, yes. But a God who is interested and intimately involved in every aspect of your life. And this is where we're going to close. This is the in him we live and move and have our being bit. You know, there was a guy called uh, Brother Lawrence. He was a, a monk. Well, he, he wanted to be a monk, but he wasn't clever enough to be a monk. So, so the proper monk stuck him in the kitchen. And Brother Lawrence... He would chop up carrots, he'd wash up, and every moment as he's doing this, he's praying. 
And he's asking God's presence to fill that kitchen. So much so that the kitchen became the most holiest, sacred part of that monastery. People would walk in and feel a tangible sense of the presence of God. Because in him, in God, Brother Lawrence chopped carrots. He washed up. He made soup. And as you go into your workplace, and in him, you do a good job. In him, you turn up on time. In him, you respect your boss. That place is going to become like tangible sense of, a, of the presence of God. You know, we, we've, been, we've had a call forward in this church today about serving in these different ministries. Like the, the welcome team, for example, that's like our first line, that first point of contact for, on a Sunday morning in terms of mission. And in him, we want to make coffee and we want to chat and we want to welcome people well so that we show people the wonder of our God. Like in him, cleaning club on a Thursday night, we want to mop the toilets, we want to straighten up the chairs, we want to pray together so that this place becomes full and saturated with the presence of God. Every moment of every day, the rhythm of remembrance will help us to remember who God is and that he's with us in every single moment of every single day. So practical things then. For Brother Lawrence, it was whenever he was doing a job which didn't need much brain power, like chopping up carrots, he'd be praying. Whenever he was needed to do a job that took a lot of brain power, he'd pray beforehand and say, God, help me. And then when he did the job, he'd pray after and say, God, thank you. Maybe for that meeting tomorrow that you guys have got, before you go into that meeting or teach that lesson or, or whatever it's going to be, say, God, help me. And then as soon as it's done, God, thank you. Maybe it'll look like sticking up post-it notes around the house so that you're being reminded, this rhythm of remembrance, being reminded who God is. And those like three seconds it'll take to read that verse or offer that prayer, it just sets the heart, the gaze of the heart upwards again. So that in him we will live and move and have our being. So God is the God who creates He's the God who's in control, and he's the God who calls us into relationship with him. So this rhythm of remembrance, then, it's about remembering who God is, remembering that he's with us every moment of every day, and that in him we live and we move and we have our being. Amen. So let me uh, invite, invite the band back up and... Uh, take some time just to, to respond. Um, if you've got kids in the kids' ministry, uh, I think uh, should be something that would pop up to go and grab those kids, and, uh, and we'll, we'll worship together, we'll, we'll pray together. We've got a little bit of time this morning, so let's not rush this. So if you'd like, like to stand... Also, as, as, as we worship uh, this morning, well, as, as we close, uh, the, the offering baskets will go around. If you're a visitor here, please like, feel no uh, compulsion to, to give. This is for the Vine family to give into the work at the Vine here, which gets, goes out onto the, the estate and further afield on Teesside. So please uh, give as you feel led. And let me pray for us. So, Father, first of all, we just want to take a moment to remember that you are the God who made the universe. 
You're the God who created everything. Father, we want to remember that you're the God who's in control. There's been some things which, which have made us nervous and scared us a little bit over the last few months on the world stage, but we know that you're in control of it all. And we thank you for that. And Father, we want to thank you so much, and most of all for Jesus, that because he died, we can be called back into a relationship with you. And whatever we've done, however distant we feel, we know that that stuff doesn't matter. It's, it's been dealt with. And the promise is that when we seek you, we'll find you. So, Father, we want to take a moment now to, to re-offer our lives to you as living sacrifices. Father, as we go into this week, we want to live and move and have our being in you. Lord Jesus, give us opportunities to make disciples, to share the love, the power, the truth of Jesus and the people that we meet this week. Holy Spirit, come, come Lord, work miracles in our hearts. Speak to us in this moment, we pray. Thank you, Lord.